0: producer Michael Miracle here. And before we get into today's podcast, I'd like to quickly invite you to join the I Work For Him nation. Being a part of the nation is all about being Jesus in your workplace because you may be the only Jesus your co-workers and employees may ever meet. So head to our website, iworkforhim.com and click on the nation flag. Then prayerfully consider joining the nation. We'd love for you to join us in this workplace movement. Thanks again for listening. Here's today's podcast. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Hey, thanks for Tuning into I Work for Him this afternoon, as you hear us from so many different ways, I just want to say thanks. Thanks for giving us the time to just share what's on our heart and about the ministries that we get exposed to each and every day. You know, it is the goal of I Work for Him to help you and me recognize that our workplace it's our mission field, and in that mission field, you and me, we may be the only Jesus our coworkers and employees may ever meet. The job that you hold, the people that you work with, it's not by chance. The people that you work with need to meet Jesus, and you may be their only chance. But it does take a paradigm shift in our minds. Romans 12.2 talks about this, and it's been a long time since I quoted this on the show. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think each and every day, and I work for him. We talk about subjects that we really need to change the way we think. So let me just ask, uh, uh, just get your attention. To what we're going to talk about today: hiring and firing. It's just part of any workplace. Sometimes you just have to free somebody's future. It's just inevitable that some will be hired and some will be fired. There really isn't anything we can do about it. It's just the way it is. However, if you're living out a Romans twelve two lifestyle. There may be some changes that you need to make in how you're doing this stuff. For certain people, they'll be hired and people will be hired, for for fired, for certain. This is going to happen. But what if you shifted the whole process on its head and looked at it from a biblical standpoint? Then how would it look different? Since people are our greatest asset, no matter the organization, what it looks like, I think this topic of hiring and firing should be the most important of all processes and procedures. People are our greatest asset. A good hire is amazing and a bad hire that, that keeps on, a bad hire, it just keeps on giving until the day when you free their future. A bad hire creates a toxic environment. But today we're going to talk with an expert who's written a book. We're talking today with Rick Box from the Integrity Resource Center about his book, Unconventional Business, Doing Business in an Unconventional Business Manner. And we're talking about his chapter that he wrote on hiring and firing. Rick Box, welcome back to Hire Work for Him.
1: Hey, thanks so much, Jim. It's always great to be with you.
0: How is the weather in the beautiful heartland today? It is hot. <laughs> it's
1: in the high 90s, so it's pretty hot.
0: That's tough. You know, I always love joking with people in the Midwest because in the middle of winter, I, I rub the fact that it's 70 here. In the middle of summer, when it's only 90 here and it's 95 or 100 there, I'm like, why would you live there? You could always live in Florida. <laughs> of course, we have this thing called a hurricane. But, and you guys got tornadoes and stuff. I, you know, it's just one of those things. Everything's got its good And, its bad. and you have oak tree mites, oak mites. Yeah, yeah. Never coming there in October again, Rick, just just so you know. Rick, how how have you seen the Lord working in your life recently? How have you seen him get involved in the intimate details of your ministry in, in your life?
1: You know, recently, Jim, it's been interesting to watch that uh, as I pray for God to... Uh, Free my time up to do more teaching, writing, and counseling, which is what I feel like God has wired me to do and has called me to do. but sometimes I get just you know stuck in all of the activities and the administration of running the ministry and all those things and so lately uh I've been watching God answer that by throwing opportunities my way that haven't been thrown my way in a while. And it's just pretty exciting to see, uh, you know, just some some new things happening and some new opportunities that uh, allows me to use those God given gifts. And it just seems like it's a direct answer to to God's to my prayer to God for that.
0: But it's not the answer you were expecting. I mean, that, isn't that fair? Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got an international opportunity that I wasn't expecting, wasn't looking for. Actually, I've tried to to run it off, but God keeps bringing it back and back and back, and and everybody I call says, oh, yeah, you need to do that. And I'm like, well, that wasn't the answer I was looking for. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so it's interesting to watch how God works.
0: Yes, in his infinite humor. I mean, you know, the Bible doesn't really talk about the humor of God, but he really, I mean, he really is funny, because he, he yeah. wants us to trust <laughs> him in all of those intimate details of our lives, and, and sometimes it just doesn't make sense. And it you, you have to laugh when you think you got it figured out. And then God comes along going, oh, silly little man, <laughs> you don't have me figured out yet. All That's right. right. So, so today we're talking about hiring and firing. This is one of those things that regardless of the organization, whether we're talking about a church, a nonprofit, a for-profit, you know, really a homeowners association, board of directors, whatever it is, Hiring and firing, it's just a way of this world. People get hired, people get fired. But Romans twelve two challenges to stop thinking and copying the behaviors of the custom of this world. Is there really a different approach to this? Is there really a Christian, an unconventional business approach to hiring and firing?
1: Oh, absolutely, and I think uh, you can summarize it pretty nice and easy with the uh, golden rule. You know, God calls us to treat others the way that we would want to be treated, but whenever you're in a hiring and firing situation in business, there's a lot of things going on, and oftentimes we have our own insecurities or our own issues and challenges, and we completely throw out. The human dignity of the other person on the other side of the equation, and so many times it seems simple, but it just isn't practically applied very simply.
0: Oh, if I could go back, as I read this chapter and study for the show a couple weeks ago, as I was getting ready, I just I was so humbled by the mistakes I have made in the hiring process and in the firing process, but mm. more specifically in the firing process because you know I've had to fire some people in my life. And I have, what you just said there, I have ignored the human dignity of it because I knew it just needed to be done. And, you know, I right. I, I just, I can do difficult things without really thinking about it. And it's oh, humbling. yeah. And,
1: and it is humbling. And, and there's oftentimes, you know, things that, uh, especially if you're in a big corporate environment, sometimes there's things placed upon you that you feel handcuffed, that, you know, how am I going to treat this person well, you know, when I've got a human resource department or I've got a boss that's telling me I have to do it a certain way. I was hired in once, Jim, at a bank, and literally the very first day I I came in, I was meeting with the bank president that I was going to work for, and I was meeting with the guy that I was replacing. And uh, the bank president starts talking about the people that were going to be working for me, and he turns to the guy that I was replacing and he said, "You know, how's that uh how's that new real estate loan officer working out?" This guy said, "You know, he really isn't panning out very well." The bank president turns to me and he says, "Your first order of business is to fire him." I'm like, "Well, can I meet him first?" <laughs> And it was painful because, you know, they they set it up and they made me be the bad guy. When I didn't even know this guy, you know, I shouldn't have been the one firing him because he didn't know me and it wasn't fair the way it was handled. But that's what this boss expected of me, and I just wasn't very happy with it. But it's, you know, it was what I was told to do.
0: Now, that wasn't the bank president that you so endear that that mentored and discipled you in Christ. Okay.
1: No, it was a
0: different one. All right, so what yeah. does you wrote this book last late last year, Unconventional Business, and it's a great book. It's really a handbook for any organization, but you wrote it for business people, but really it applies to any organization. All the chapters do. When somebody handles hiring and firing, according to your book, will it what happens to the to the organization when somebody actually starts handling hiring and firing in an unconventional business way? Uh, you
1: know, I think some of the things that are gonna happen is is you're gonna start hiring the right people and so you're gonna have a good team uh that fits in well with your organization. Uh but also I think that uh, you know, people are going to feel loved and respected and you're not going to uh to have the issues that many businesses do where they you know they just can lots of people without really caring about how they're treated or who they are and, and and all of that. And so it just really starts to build a stronger team and a culture that people want to come to work for you.
0: It's amazing to me, Rick, how many times I meet with business owners and they talk about the turnover that they have and they talk about, well, that's just part of my job. I'm like, nah, there's something wrong here. Because if you have drastic turnover, you got issues. There's issues going on here. And I want to dig through some of that today as we talk with Rick Box from the Integrity Resource Center, integrityresource.org, integrityresource.org. Find out more about his book, Unconventional Business and Unconventional Events, bu- Unconventional Business Events and uh, uh, Groups. I mean, Rick, where, have you launched your unconventional business groups yet or is that coming up in the fall?
1: It's coming up in the fall. We've got our first uh, leader and some people that are interested, and so it's starting to come
0: together. And that's going to be in Kansas City to start with? Yes. So if anybody's listening in Kansas City, check out integrityresource.org. Contact Rick Box. Maybe you should be involved in this unconventional business groups. All right, we're talking about hiring and firing. So, Rick, how would a Christ follower know if they have a problem in their hiring and firing processes?
1: Well, I mean, one way is is to look at your turnover. If you you have high turnover, like you were mentioning earlier, you don't have to have high turnover. Even in industries like the uh, uh, retail world and the restaurant industry, oftentimes many businesses have high turnover because they have students coming and going. But there are businesses that are doing it right, and they have very low turnover, and people love to work there. And so if you see uh, a warning signal that you're constantly hiring new people and nobody seems to stick and the culture doesn't feel right, then you probably have some, some hiring issues.
0: Well, since people are our greatest asset, I and mean, in any organization, well, of course, an organization wouldn't, this seems like the dumbest thing ever, people are our greatest asset, of course, because an organization wouldn't be an organization without people. I know know that sometimes people think, well, they're an organization. Well, organizations are made up of human beings. But since people are an organization's greatest asset, why do you find so many Christ followers who run their own businesses or so many uh, Christian leaders with a lack of intentionality? I mean, it really is not just Christ followers, but Christ followers were called to a different standard, a, a changing of our behaviors and customs. Why do you find... Why do you think we find such a lackluster uh, attention to hiring people?
1: You know, I think a lot of times it's because of the uh, urgency and of the need that they have. And so uh, I I was just meeting yesterday with – an excavating company, and they're growing very, very rapidly, and they're really concerned about hiring in the future because they know what they've done in the past, and they said, you know, basically in the past, if there's a warm who walk through the door, we're going to hire them because we're busy, we're desperate, and they get the wrong people that way. They don't take time to screen and interview properly the right people, and so they just grab whatever person uh, walks through the door. And oftentimes they're looking as well. The other problem is is they oftentimes are looking at skills only. So they look at a resume or they hear what background someone has, but they overlook the importance of character whenever you bring someone on. And so th- those are items that are pretty commonplace.
0: You know, there's a lot of people listening today that don't. I mean, they're listening today, and they're listening wherever today may be, and maybe a day in the future as they listen to the podcast. That they don't—they're not influencers in the hiring process. They're victims of the hiring process, for lack Mm. of a better word. How can? What would be one of some of the one of the key indicators when I'm interviewing for a job that a company has true intentionality in making sure that I really fit the culture? and the position that I'm being hired for. I mean, how do I know that I'm being hired into a healthy place?
1: You know, that's a great question and a great angle to look at this, Jim. I would think that uh, by the types of information you receive from them during the interview process and particularly what kind of questions they're asking you. And so if it's all skills-based and that's all they seem to care about, then they're not thinking proactively about their culture. You want an organization that's going to be telling you about what their vision for the future is and who they are as a company and what the culture is like and what they expect of you as far as how you should fit into the culture. And and you hear a concern in their voice about issues of character. And if all those things are missing, and all they're asking are questions about your skill sets, then they're not being very proactive, and they're probably not uh, going to model a healthy culture and environment in that business.
0: And that is really when you when we talk to our friends, all of us, we, we have all talked to somebody who is in a in an environment where they weren't a great fit for the job, but yet they got a job. It pays the bills, and it's gets health insurance because you know so many people are concerned about health insurance and but yet they know they're not a good fit and they know that but yet nobody wants to leave i mean when you got a job it's sometimes easier to have a job than to go it's scary to look for jobs in today's world that's why i wanted to ask that question because i really thought it was important for people if you're going to be hired how to make sure if you're not if you're not the influencer how do you make sure you're getting hired healthily all right so you, in your book, Unconventional Business, in the chapter on hiring and firing, you, Cherishing Your Greatest Asset is what you title it, you say there's five steps to effective interviewing. So when you're actually interviewing the people, what are some of those steps that are really key as a leader when you're setting up interviews?
1: Yeah, so whenever you're uh, interviewing people, you know, the first thing as a, as a believer I want to be praying. I want to make sure that God brings the right people for me to interview. And so I want to bathe it all in prayer and to make sure that I'm even needing the kind of person I think I'm needing. I, You know, I've found on a number of occasions where I've gone into thinking I need this kind of person. And then whenever I pray about it and I start looking at what are the actual responsibilities, sometimes I've done a total shift and said, you know what, that's not who I need at all. I need a different kind of person. So beginning with prayer. And then also uh, developing the job description. If you hire someone in and you haven't really clearly defined what it is you need, then everybody's going to be disappointed because it's very rare that uh, you're going to bring someone on that has the exact skills that you feel you need if you don't have a job description because you're not going to know clearly what the role is. So developing that job description is really a vital piece of it and then you want to determine what kind of necessary talents and skills are required to meet that job description so that you're looking at what kind of person do I need here and then uh, an important piece is actually developing interview questions too many people set up an interview they've not given any forethought they think okay I'm just going to meet this person and spend some time with them and see whether or not I like them well that's not going to be very fruitful and effective, because almost anybody can snow you for half an hour or an hour in an interview. You really need to have those interview questions lined there. They're going to tell you about their character. It's going to tell you about their past history. And then finally, uh, use profiling tools. There's a lot of great personality assessment tools. There's strength finder tools. There's just a lot of great tools out there that if you're getting ready to make a hire, you want to make sure you've got the right person. And sometimes these tools can surface for you that, you know, hey, I need an outgoing salesperson. And then you end up looking at their personality profile find out, you know, that this is a introverted, very detailed oriented person, and they're gonna be miserable in a sales position.
0: But well, I love what you say, you know, I underline it in the book. However, don't forget that they're only tools. Yes. You know, in, in the interview process, first of all, from one side, for the person getting interviewed, if 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 somebody's asking you to interview for a job and they don't have a job description that that describes the talents and skills that are needed, don't bother interviewing because that means they don't have their acting. I mean, that, that's really what you're saying in here from the other side of the equation right. I mean, right. to be really careful. But when you're the interviewer, let's just say it's you doing the interviewing, Rick, and I know that you work with companies to help really get better at doing this kind of stuff. How do you I mean, you said the profile tools are just tools. What other things do you do in the interview process to make sure that you really have a great fit. Do you, and this is maybe not a question I told you you're going to ask but is there, do you have any like tricks of the trade because when you're interviewing somebody, you interview them multiple times, sometimes you still just miss stuff.
1: Sure you do, and that's why uh, another important piece of this is, is don't go alone with this. You know, mm-hmm. have other people on your team meeting with them, interviewing them as well. And if it's a key hire, You want to even try and get outside of the typical interview process. And so if you're hiring a key manager or leader or something, I would highly encourage you to uh, invite them and their spouse out to dinner with you and your spouse. It's amazing the things that you'll learn if you get out to dinner, and you know maybe you you see how they treat their spouse isn't something you know that you would be uh, thrilled with in the workplace or you know or you start learning from the spouse what this person's strengths really are and you find out that's not the strengths that I needed. And so a lot of things can happen by bringing other people into the equation, because some of us are great at reading people and some of us are not. And that's okay, as long as you involve other people that may have the skill and the gift of being able to discern and, you know, I know for me, you know, our wives are great at that. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes they can just jump in and say, I can't tell you why, but I just don't have a good feeling about that person. I sure wouldn't go down that road. And, you know, that can be invaluable.
0: And, and that is so true. Involving other people. I love that. Love that. That is so fantastic. Especially the dinner part. That's, that's a cool one. I saw my dad do that a lot when he was hiring salespeople. You mm-hmm. wrote in you wrote in the book, under Phase 2, then, the four C's of hiring. What are those yeah. all about?
1: You know, this really has been helpful to me because I wanted to be able to think about what do I really need to be looking for whenever I'm hiring someone. And I wanted to put them even in, in an order so that I'm kind of prioritizing what I'm looking for. And so the four C's are, first of all, character we need to hire people of high character. And second is, is calling. And a lot of people won't ever think about this. And even if you're not a Christian or you're hiring someone that's not a Christian, you still need to look for someone that God has wired them to love and appreciate the role that they're getting ready to step into. They need to have a calling of sorts, even if they don't call it that or they don't understand it as such. And so character calling, the third one is competence and then chemistry. And so you notice competence is further down the list. First of all, hire for character and calling.
0: All right, we're back with Rick Box today from the Integrity Resource Center, integrityresource.org. Rick, how close are you to becoming just an organization called Unconventional Business? Well,
1: we're, we're working uh, working on that. Uh, we'll we'll probably know something next week.
0: Unconventional is everything you teach, and really, but Rick, it's not really unconventional, is it? It's just that it's unconventional from the world's standpoint.
1: Yes, I mean, the world has a way of doing things, and uh, God's way is usually very different.
0: Yes, he says in Isaiah, your ways are not my ways, your thoughts are not my Mm -hmm. thoughts. And it is so true. All right, let's, in the list on on hiring, in the chapter on hiring, uh, and I think it was on page 77, you have the four C's of hiring, character, calling, competence, and chemistry. And I said I'd ask this question when we got back. You put character and calling way ahead of competence, yet most of us hire based on can the per, does the person have the skills we need to do the job?
1: Right. And I think that's a flaw because if you really consider it, skills can usually be trained. But character, if you don't have the right character in a person, you're going to have all kinds of problems and it's going to cause conflict in the workplace, and it's just going to impact your culture. And so character is the starting place, in my opinion. I think that we need to be considering who these people are, what values do they have, are their values going to fit in with the values of this organization. And then likewise, calling is is looking for that person that loves their job. God wired them. I mean, I love the story in Exodus of Bezalel. You know, Bezalel was the first guy mentioned in Scripture that was filled with the Spirit of God, and instead of filling him with the Spirit to be a prophet or a priest or whatever, it tells us that he was filled with skills, ability, and knowledge so that he could do crafts. And so he's the one that built the Ark of the Covenant, he built the curtains and all the things within the tabernacle, and he did it with excellence because he was called to do that. And so wouldn't we want to hire people that have that level of skill and gifts because they feel called to be there and it's passion for them? And the skills just come later. I mean, the the competence, you certainly want people with competence, but I'd rather have someone with character and calling that may be young, maybe they don't have all of the skills yet, but they've got the vigor and the hunger and the desire to learn, and they feel called to be there. And then you can train them on the skills, and they'll be a long-term employee.
0: Well, and when you hire somebody based on skills only, you don't look at character. What can happen?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you you may have a highly skilled person, but they may do, be doing things all wrong. I mean, I think we've all probably seen at times... Uh, those real top-level people that go out and they cut all kinds of corners and they end up striking all kinds of deals and breaking all kinds of records. But meantime, they completely undermine the culture of the organization with their antics. And so it becomes really hard sometimes to let those kinds of people go because of their high production. But reality is, is if you don't let them go, it's going to destroy the culture of your organization, which is a lot more costly.
0: Well and we have all heard examples of people who are highly skilled but unethical. You know, uh, Bernie Madoff, one of those guys. Yeah. You know, he, he 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 took people like 8 or 9 billion dollars of people. Mm-hmm. He was very skilled, but not at the right kind of things. Right. It, and there's and I mean I I've, I've worked for people like that. I mean that they're very skilled, but they got no integrity. You got no character. Right.
1: Right. All right.
0: So let's po- let's talk about positive things cuz I could go down that path a long time. All right. <laughs> so you really make it clear going back to what jesus said love your neighbor as yourself you make it really clear that once someone is hired once you've taken them through this process and really made sure they're a good fit that we need to help people assimilate you know it, it, you know that's one of those words i'm a star trek guy so assimilation you know that's mm-hmm. a negative term but most of the times assimilation getting somebody to quickly feel like they belong What what do you often see organizations do that don't help? I mean, let me just ask that question from a positive standpoint, glass half full. What happens when an organization properly helps somebody to assimilate into their organization?
1: Well, then they they quickly become part of the culture and they better understand their job, uh, their role, and who the organization is. And so they can fit in and be part of a team, you know, but if you throw someone in and you're not training them, you're not really letting them know who you are and what you're about, then they're representing you in a way that's probably different than what you wanted because you really haven't invested the time in them to show them the path that you have uh, desired for them. And so I think assimilation is important.
0: What happens if you don't? I mean, some companies just grab somebody and they throw them into a position and they go. What happens right. when that when that is done? What typically happens to that person?
1: Well, I think a lot of them get uh, really frustrated. They they're not clear on uh, everything. They feel like they need to know uh, to do their job well. And they feel like they've been used because it's all about just getting the job done rather than caring enough about that person to develop them as a person and have a personal development plan for them and their vocation.
0: You know, one of the things that we got, to, like I said, we have a lot of listeners who aren't necessarily the leaders of the owners of businesses or leaders of the organizations, but they're in the middle. Some of them get involved in hiring and firing. But what we're really saying here is that when you hire somebody, don't just worry about the bottom line immediately. Take some time to let it to, for people to experience the culture and really get a good feel for it before you shove them in their seat. Because if you don't, you. I mean, it it can end up being a very negative experience, right?
1: Right, absolutely.
0: But a lot of, you know, well, let's just tell me this. When you hire somebody, how long is it before you actually start to make money on somebody or before they really become productive? I mean, is this, like, like, can you get that done in a month?
1: You know, it just depends on the position. I mean, there's some jobs that, you know, it may take you a year or more to get them fully Uh, up to speed there's other jobs that they can be productive uh pretty immediately it just kind of depends on the role but they can be more productive if you've invested properly in them uh, for the training and the assimilation as to into your culture
0: you know you mentioned that you know because employees are so expensive they are any employee of any organization our biggest investment i mean there are trillions of dollars being invested in the united states alone in salaries of people. i mean it's a huge investment more than any kind of assets that are in an organization. how and you said you made some comments on keeping people motivated and happy. and and i know there's been many many books written about that but in your perspective how do you keep these people motivated and happy as they're going through the training process of getting plugged in?
1: Yeah, in my book, I mentioned really kind of seven steps to to help that to happen. I mean, the first one is is you, you really have to begin by setting clear expectations for them. They need to know up front what it is you expect. So many people get hired in, and the boss really doesn't tell them what success would look like. And so they march down the road doing what they think success would look like, and oftentimes they find out later that wasn't what the boss was thinking at all. So setting those expectations will help. Motivate people because now they know what you're looking for uh The second one is is provide necessary resources. I mean you can bring someone in and throw them in the middle of a mess and not give them the tools and the resources. Maybe they don't have the right technology or uh you know maybe they they just don't have all of the people resources that they need to get the job done that you think that you've hired them to do. So, make sure they have the necessary resources, and then you want to help them utilize their skills and talents and that comes along the lines of training and identifying what those skills and talents are, and making sure they're in the right place using the right skills uh you know so there's these seven steps the fourth one is constant and open communication. You've got to keep having a dialogue with a new person and with an ongoing person so that they're motivated to understand where you're headed and what's expected, and they can give feedback, and you can learn from them. I mean, I love when someone fresh comes in. They have a new set of eyes, a new perspective. They can share things like an outsider would that you may not get otherwise because you get so accustomed to the way you do things. Uh, another one is, is uh, you know, be sincerely concerned for your staff. Uh, I, I think a lot of them aren't very motivated because they don't feel any appreciation. They don't think anybody there cares for them. They just want to treat them as uh, a tool to be used to make more money. Right. And then we want to encourage personal development. Uh, I think, like I mentioned earlier, you, you really ought to even have a personal development plan for your people so that you know how can I help them grow in their skills and their talents and even their character uh, that you can just help them be better people. Right. And then, and then the seventh one is rewarding behavior. A lot of times we jump to that and think that's the only way to motivate people. Uh, but it's actually very low on the list. You still reward them, but reward it with acknowledgments and recognition. And you can use money, but you'll find out that money is really low on the list of actual things that move people forward. They really just want to be appreciated.
0: Yep, they want words of affirmation. There's no question about that. As we talked today with Rick Box from the Integrity Resource Center about his book, Unconventional Business, and the chapter on hiring and firing, Rick, sometimes people screw up at work and they need to be disciplined but most business people don't take time to discipline a lot of times they well what what do they do if they're not disciplined what are they doing
1: <laughs> well some some discipline uh harsh or rashly and uh they they don't do it well others they just ignore it and hope it goes away and that never happens And so you can send all kinds of wrong signals in the marketplace. And so you have to be real careful that you have a structure so that you can know when someone needs to be disciplined and that they know that they need to be disciplined and that you handle it in a way that still leaves them dignity, but it gives them the opportunity to learn and grow. Because the point of discipline is actually to help them Get back to the place to where they should be within the organization, doing the things that will make you and the organization successful.
0: Well, but this, you know, a lot of people have a negative attitude towards discipline. Discipline can be a very positive thing really quickly. Isn't that true?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think we all need discipline at times.
0: Well, not me, I never make any mistakes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know that's not true. Well, and what I love is that when you do discipline an employee and do it properly in a loving fashion, but do it for their own good, it always makes a huge positive impact on everybody involved. I mean, it's it's a conflict resolution is something that is from our Heavenly Father. He showed us how to do it. We're trying to give you some clues as a leader what you should do, and as a, somebody that may get hired, things to look for in an organization that's got intentionality and an unconventional approach, an approach where it puts the person first, not as just a thing, but as a human being, taking into consideration who you are as an amazing creation of God. That's what we're talking about. So we've talked about hiring. We've talked about discipline. We've talked about how to make people feel uh, accepted. But we're going to have to deal with firing because, Rick... It's inevitable some people will have to have their futures freed, right?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Have you ever. Unfortunately. Had, have you ever had your future freed? I have. I, uh, when
1: I was in public accounting, I uh, They handed me my CPA certificate, and I realized I hated what I was doing, and I desperately wanted out, but I didn't have the courage to do it because I was making good money, and I didn't know what I was going to do next, and uh, it actually turned out to be a blessing that they lost their largest account and so the managing partner called me in one day and said, Rick, we lost our biggest account, and somebody has to go, and you're lowest Man on the totem pole, so I'm sorry. You've you've got to go, and and he was really nervous about it because I had a great relationship with him, and he was all apologetic, and I just had a big smile on my face, and I said, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. This is what I was looking
0: for. I'm ready to go do something else. And he looked at you and said, why didn't you just (laughs) quit? Why did you stick
1: around? (laughs) So, yeah, it was
0: painful for him,
1: but. It was freeing for me.
0: Mm. So what are some of the reasons why people need to be fired? Because I, it, I, I know one of the obvious reasons is somebody's done something wrong. They just need to be let go. But sometimes people need to get fired for other reasons. How does an unconventional business owner avoid firing for the wrong reasons?
1: Yeah, I, I think we need to uh, realize that dismissing someone from a job is the last resort. And so let's begin the process by asking tough questions and seeing, okay, did I put this person in the wrong place? Are they failing because of something I did? And so taking a hard look at ourselves first and realizing is there something that I should have done differently? And then sometimes that leads to, well, yes, they still are in the wrong place, is there a right place within our organization for them? So maybe it's just a matter of transferring them into another area that they can do well. But also sometimes uh, businesses are they're calling jobs because of budget considerations. And you may have a good performer, but they're getting let go because of uh, other circumstances. And so even in those cases, I think we need, as employers, to stop and say, Is there another way to do this? Can we find a way? Like I worked for a bank once, Jim, that was a pretty large organization. They were doing some massive layoffs. And the human resource director got really kind of tired of that was the first go-to solution, was let's fire a bunch of people. And so he got creative, and he said, you know, we've got a lot of moms that work for this place, that I bet you they would love to be able to be home in time uh, for when the kids get off the school bus. And so they went to the 40-hour-a-week employees and said, any of you that would like to work 30 hours a week instead, we have an opportunity for you. And so they ended up shifting payroll expense from 40 hours a week to 30 hours a week, and it ended up allowing them, to not have to lay off near as many people uh, because they found a creative way to do it. So I think there's ways for us to look at it.
0: You mentioned at the top of the show today, you know, we're supposed to love our neighbors as ourselves. So really, is there a way to keep dignity in the unconventional business person's firing process? Absolutely.
1: I mean, we we just pause and think about how would we want to be treated in their situation. And sometimes that may be just as simple as, okay, I do have to let this person go, the way I let them go is important. And so do you want to really make them pack up their desk and have the security guard usher them out in the middle of the day when all of their peers are watching? I mean, that just smacks of not leaving them any dignity. And so you can be thoughtful about when am I going to let them go? How am I going to let them go? What's the severance I'm going to give them? And, and lean towards being generous and kind. Throughout there's so the much, process.
0: Yeah, there's so much more. That's why you got to get the book, Unconventional Business by Rick Box. Check it out online at integrityresource.org, integrityresource.org. Rick Box, thanks for being on iWork for him today.
1: Thank you, Jim.
0: It's always fun. It's always fun. Check out Rick's website, integrityresource.org. There's so many great resources for business owners, leaders, and employees just in the middle of an organization. So many great places of encouragement. And of course, every day, Rick Box's Integrity Moment. Just a fantastic resource. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. I want to live in an unconventional way, but I need to recognize I work for him.